you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It is April 18th, Monday. Sean O'Hara in the Yeah, Sean. the man. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Lovely to see you all. Mm, I got to tell you, Sean, I had a dream last night. I never dream. And oh I, 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 we were fighting. Me, Kyle, and Peter were arguing. I can't remember over what. Something show-based. And so mm-hmm. I woke up mad at you guys. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little mad at you. I'm sure you guys have had this with your wives and respective significant no, others. And never. Mad from I want to know what the show-based thing was. I don't remember. What was it? Was, it? I woke yeah. up real was upset with the two of you. We were all arguing about something with our producers and it wasn't like we were a united front we were all at each other's throats and I didn't like it did Sean weigh oh, in no Sean yeah. wasn't in it no, I wasn't I wasn't refereeing how about okay okay it says I never dream yeah. okay, it's draft season <laughs> it is the time of dreams dream. for everyone yes. you should dream you yes. should dream it certainly is you are right let's go let's dream about the lead block all right let's go about tax day yeah <laughs> let's so start warm. we're gonna go upstate where over the weekend Josh Allen was spotted taking in a saber game how exciting is that is that he went to the locker room to Congratulate them after a win. Go Sabres! Uh, and he was reportedly given a standing ovation by the Buffalo mm-hmm. crowd. Rightly so. They've seen the numbers, of course, that this guy's put up over the last couple of seasons. Top five in all big categories. Big arm, big personality, big leader. They lucked out by drafting him, and they got some playoff wins under his belt as well. So they add Von Miller to the defense. Bills get even scarier in a stacked AFC. We know those fans are excited. We're starting our show with them because they're not having any bad dreams about their 2022. They've got big ambitions. Is Josh Allen, guys, the quarterback with the highest expectations on his back this season? They had their nightmare with 13 seconds remaining in go. the AFC Divisional round. That's where their bad dream Ouch. was. Peter, um, I heard that the Sabres and the Flyers went to overtime and they had a coin toss and got to shoot <laughs> that the was it. And that's how the Flyers won. Hey, every time 
one that works out that way. And then we could change the rules maybe next yeah. season. Yeah. Um, honestly, you know, I saw the stuff of, of him in the locker room and he's dapping up everybody. And then they show him on the Jumbotron and the place. Like, it's incredible because when Matthew Stafford won that Super Bowl, he got a solid week of like the Stafford week, right? Mm-hmm. Where everyone was talking about Stafford and he finally did it. And you see Stafford on a commercial now and it's like, all right, it's been Josh Allen's off season. Like all you see is yeah. Josh Allen everywhere. And I feel like that was because he left a taste in our mouths that hasn't been yeah. satiated. Like, we wanted more out of Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And I look at not only this past weekend at the Sabres game, which is a local thing, it's great, but he went to L.A. TMZ was snapping photos of him and his significant other, and they were all over TMZ. And Brittany. it's like, yeah, like, I don't know if Josh Allen would have been making TMZ a year ago if he was mm-hmm. walking into a restaurant and out of one. And then the Masters, uh, he was at the Masters with Sam Darnold, and they were taking it in. And there were a million tweets like, Josh Allen's at the Masters. This is when Tiger Woods is having his big push. And it's spotted Josh Allen. Like everyone, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Um, and I bring it back here to the table. A few weeks ago, we had Emmanuel Sanders, who was a teammate of Josh Allen's last season on the show. And Emmanuel Sanders had been with Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. And it was like, simple question. What do you make of Josh Allen moving into next year? And here's what a guy who was with him all last year had to say on our program. He's just so dynamic. I mean, the way that he throws defensive linemen off of him, the way that he spins the football, just... Just the way that he, he attacks the game. If I know Josh and I know him well, he's going to have a crazy season this crazy. year if he, stays, if he stays healthy. It's going to be an insane season. For me, I got the I got the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl for sure. Mm. This is a guy who's seen a lot of quarterbacks. For sure. On April 8th. For sure. You know, it's like it's done. I think it's the summer and the spring of Allen. It's got to be the fall. The expectations are this high right now. The Bills can do nothing, nothing less than really make the Super Bowl at this point. I, I feel like the expectations are so high and the enthusiasm so high. I think he's the preseason MVP based on all the hype and how we left the season last year, and that's for a team that didn't even make it to the conference championship game. I think it's Josh Allen too, and for some of the same reasons, and a lot of it was how the season ended. My mom used to always tell me growing up, it's always better to leave a party 10 minutes too early than stay 10 minutes too late. You leave early, you're kind of a mysterious figure, and you leave them wanting more. He was destroying the Patriots, destroying the Chiefs. Those are the two teams that have run the AFC for 25 years, and then poof! Gone. gone. Just gone. It felt like a season on HBO ends and they say, you know, next nine months from now, you'll see how this ends. What? <laughs> we needed to see the next the next episode. There is no next episode. <laughs> Poof. It's gone. And I think that really leaves us longing for more. He played in the greatest game ever played and he lost. Also, I think now we're finally realizing the full potential of Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes has been the standard for about five years. Josh Allen is bigger and stronger, runs better, has an equally strong arm, and I think now has better receivers than Patrick Mahomes, and that's really scary. There was that time that Jordan put 63 in Boston Garden and against Bird, and Larry Bird said afterwards it was Jordan's, it was God in sneakers, and they lost. The Bulls lost, and Jordan lost, but it was like all the takeaway was like, oh my God, we just unleashed something there. I also think the expectations for Allen are like, what's going on with this resume now? Because if you look at your peers, Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls, won an MVP. Mm -hmm. Lamar's won an MVP. Joe Burrow's been in the Super Bowl. Josh Allen was blown out in one title game. That is the height of his, uh, his, his expertise in terms of his resume. So it's not only that we want more from him, is that he kind of needs to do more just to keep up. So the way it was ripped from us, the pure ability we saw displayed against the Chiefs and Patriots, and, dude, all the cool kids are doing it. So it's time for you now. And I think that's the reason. He's my answer as well, like Peter. Don't you feel like Josh Allen always steps up to the plate? Like when he needs to make a big throw, he's, he's doing it. He's, he, they need a, a drive to come back and, and take the lead. He's always doing it. Mm. I think for, for Josh, it's about the whole team right mm-hmm. now. It, it is Super Bowl bust for the entire Buffalo Bills organization. Here's what's tough 
for Josh is that now he does have to, has to do all this without Brian Dable. They yeah. just lost a, a, a lot of their staff, and you know everybody's been pilfering the Bills. So I'm curious to see how Josh handles all Great that point. stuff. I'm going to go with another young gun in the AFC. I'm going to go Joe Burrow here. Mm-hmm. You made it to the Super Bowl, and one of the hardest things to do is to get to a Super Bowl. You know what's even harder is getting back it's the next hard. year. But yet, everybody remembers, hey, you were the Super Bowl representative for the AFC. So now, for Joe Burrow, in just his second year accomplishing that, comes into year three, all right, how do we how do we get back to that? Mm-hmm. Now, for them, if they don't make the Super Bowl this year, I mean, it, it, it's like, oh, man, what happened? Like, mm-hmm. we're disappointed. Mm-hmm. So, I think the expectations right now on Joe Burrow and that guy, Jamar Chase, is, all right, how do you guys follow that season up? How, can you guys do it better? Well, guess what? The, the story after the Super Bowl was, man, if the Bengals had a better offensive line, they would have mm-hmm. won. All right, well, now you upgrade the offensive line. Probably going to draft another guy this year. So now you're going to be a better team next year. Well, if you if you aren't in the, in the dance, guess who they're blaming? They're going to blame the quarterback. They're going to blame the coach. They're not going to blame the offensive line if they fix that problem. So uh, I think for, for Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals, they're kind of in, a, in no man's land here for them. The last time they won the division was 2015, okay. 16, I think. The next year, they went 6-10, and 10, mm-hmm. and they've kind of fallen off ever since. So it's, all right, you won the division, you represented the Super Bowl, now you got to back it up. Now everybody's gunning for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow, I think he'll be able to handle it. But the other thing to watch, too, is those outfits, man. How is he going to? That's, you got to follow up. How is he going to follow up the outfits? Some points, Sean. The zebra uh, camouflage <laughs> suit on Super Bowl Sunday. That's yeah. a tough act to follow. But he's not being given the love that Allen is. Is that interesting? Is it good or is it bad? I'm wondering if I'm a Bengals fan. Am I like, why is Josh Allen getting all the attention? Why is he showing up? Why are him and Brittany getting the treatment at catch mm-hmm. on Melrose, like out in LA? Why? But if I'm a Bengals fan, I might be thinking, we like that. We mm-hmm. like good. He's mm-hmm. still going under the radar, even though he was the AFC representative. Like, mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see how those two. Which, who's having the bigger off-season and the bigger summer, and what, what does it mean for the fall when all things are considered? Mm-hmm. I think the guy, though, with the most pressure is Russell Wilson. My goodness, this Broncos fan base, all I hear from them over the since this show started in 2016 is, Kay, if we just had the quarterback, all we need is the quarterback. If we just have that guy, we're going to compete. Well, guess what? You have one of the best at the position, and he is there. You have a guy who's led a team to get a ring, and there's a lot of pressure on him to do it again. There's, there, you know, when they had Peyton Manning, when they got him, there were very, not high expectations. I think it was, are Peyton's years behind him? Is he out of his prime? This is a 33-year-old quarterback who's missed two career games. He's in his prime. He's got to get it done. It's loaded. The standard has been set, though, from Peyton Manning, a guy who came in with a ring, with pedigree, one of the best, not to compare their skill sets, their careers, but... That standard as far as quarterbacks in that area, in that division, is set. And if they don't win a Super Bowl, I don't think it's going to be looked at as a success. Let's ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. No, I mean, it's been seven years since they've been in the playoffs, and it's been some dark times with a lot of Brett Rippian and Trevor Simeon and Paxton. Mark Sanchez. And pa- you want to go on Paxton Lynch? Who else we got? Case Keenum, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Not yeah. the much of what they gave up to get him. Yeah. You know? And now here we are. we got Russell Wilson as your quarterback. No more excuses. Yeah. I think there's pressure. The expectations, like, I wonder when when we hit August, like how many people are going to pick Denver to either straight up win the West or even make the playoffs? Or be in the I top three in the West. Yeah. Are you taking Denver over the Raiders and the Chargers? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Whereas Buffalo, everyone's, I mean, no one's not going to take Buffalo to win the East, I don't think. But it's, if he leaves Denver, his time in Denver, mm-hmm. they don't have a ring. Let's yeah. say they're in serious contention this year, but if, then I don't think it's looked at as a success. He's going to have to slay some huge dragons in the West. You know what I mean? It's just, that's what he signed up for. He could have said, I'm not going to Denver. Yeah. He said, I'll, I'll go, I'll approve this trade, and I'll, I'll go, go into the home. AFC yeah, West. Why not? He chose so to go, go get there. it. You're yeah. right. 
All right, we're now just 10 days away from the NFL draft in Las Vegas, and here's where we are on the entire calendar. It's like all the players have come now in for their visits for the most part. We have a couple more this week, and now the boards are being set. And when I mean set, it's like, all right, we've done the evaluations. Now this is the week where everyone argues over, like, no, I like this guy more than this guy. Put him above us so that if we're on the clock, we're going to take him. This is like one of the cooler weeks of the draft process. All of these months of evaluation and coaching and meeting these prospects now is where the teams set their boards. Now it could change between now and the draft, and on draft day we know a lot of times the board gets thrown out the door when a coach or a GM says, no, no, this is the guy. But this is the, maybe the most interesting and important pivotal week for the entire draft process. So I'm gonna give you three things I'm hearing over the weekend, and I'll bring them into it on this Monday morning. Let's start first overall. Weird draft, because usually we know, like it's a quarterback, like Trevor Lawrence is gonna go first overall, or Andrew Luck, or even Joe Burrow a couple years ago. I'm told that right now the Jaguars are still undecided at the number one pick, that they don't have a decision made. And the phones aren't lighting up because this isn't one of those drafts where there is a Miles Garrett first overall or there is John Elway sitting there first overall. Right now, the assumption is it's gonna be Aiden Hutchinson, but that assumption comes from the media and folks on the outside. And we've talked about this at length on this show, Hutchinson, the thought is that's a 10-year pro right there. That guy is going to be very good in the NFL. You are not going to regret You can sleep at night knowing. Mm. I'm taking Aiden Hutchinson. I'm not losing my job over that. Is he the biggest home run pick, though? Mm-hmm. No, he's not. He's not. There are guys who blow him out of the water athletically in this draft at the same position, and one of them, Trayvon Walker, number 44. Okay. The more I talk around the league, the more it sounds like this thing might be closer to 50-50 than 70-30 Hutchinson. My mock draft comes out tomorrow. I might, I might just go with the Walker pick because there's so much heat right now. Now, Trayvon Walker's not for everybody mm -hmm. because he didn't have the college production and he played on a Georgia defense mm -hmm. with five guys who are gonna be first round picks. But Trent Balky, that GM, he has always drafted the guy with the great physical traits, maybe more so than the finished college product. Also throw in one more wild card. Iki Aquanu is a guy that, who knows, if they're like, hey, we like our offensive line, but we love our quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, let's give him someone to watch over his back, he might be a surprise pick at first overall. All right, number two. Very important meeting happened on Friday in Florham Park, New Jersey. That was between Kayvon Thibodeau and the New York Jets. That was their first in-person meeting. I heard it went awesome. Okay. That Kayvon Thibodeau came in and was spectacular. And by spectacular, not in the physical traits or on the board, but spectacular in that I'm a team guy. I want to be great. I want to be an amazing football player and I'm not selfish and me, 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 which is some of the fears around the league based on some of the quotes that we've seen. Remember, Robert Sala, a defensive coach, did not get to draft on defense last year when they took Zach Wilson, and then the year before that, Makai Becton was the first overall pick. They've got a lot of great offensive players that are young and upcoming. Defensively, you got Quinn and Williams in the middle. That might be about it. You take a look at the defensive ends for the Jets. Carl Lawson's coming off a very serious injury, and then you've got some names like I don't know if Jabari Zaniga walks through the room right now if anyone's asking for an autograph. Like, these are not household names. Mm. If Walker and Hutchinson are off the board, you're sitting there at four, Thibodeau becomes really interesting. I know everyone's saying Sauce Gardner, put it in pen, it's the safest pick, he's the guy. I would just say this, Sala, pass rush. Olbert, pass rush. Jets, pass rushers do not come up that often in the late teens. You get them in the top 10. If they believe Thibodeau fits their culture and can do it, I, I would not be shocked if Thibodeau was the fourth overall pick to the New York Jets. And uh, just get ready if Kayvon Thibodeau hits New York. Let's go, baby. Fun. And my last one here, 
We hype these guys, we hype these guys, but at some point we have to throw a little bit of cold water on Do it. the thing. Do it, um, I kept on wanting, like, sauce. Everyone talks about sauce and Stingley. Uh, the word I'm getting is that both J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan were viewed as better prospects than these two no-brainer oh. corners that we're getting. Not to knock Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley, but this draft, they're the best. They're the ones, but if they were in last draft, they might have been the third and fourth corners okay. taken. Why do I say that? Because if a lot of people are saying, well, if the Jaguars want to just do something at one overall, just take Sauce, or if the Lions just take Sauce. You have to look at it across the board, and in this year's draft, these are two of the safest picks. Sauce and Stingley, they both are gonna be excellent NFL players. Mm -hmm. But like the five quarterbacks last year being better than all the quarterbacks in this year's draft, or Panay Sewell likely being the best offensive lineman in this year's draft, or Micah Parsons mm -hmm. being the first overall pick in this year's draft. This year's draft class, it's just not what last year's was in the top 10. Mm -hmm. It's a deeper draft class. It might have more wide receiver talent uh, uh, at the end of the first round, but like across the board, it sounds like this year's draft class is just not last year's draft back okay. in the top 10. I'll even go as far as Rashawn Slater might have been the first overall pick in this year's draft. We said Parsons, and of course, both Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle would have an argument to be in the top five mm -hmm. in this year's draft too. So, Sauce and Stingley, I'm not saying they're not gonna be great players, and they could be better than Sertan and J.C. Horn. Coming into the draft, those guys were viewed as better prospects by a lot of these teams hmm. than both Sauce and Stingley, which is a shocker for everyone including me, who's been like, sauce is a no-brainer. Right. Yeah, but if you put him in last year's class, probably would have been the third corner taken. Mm -hmm. Our quarterback's moving up draft boards. Kenny Pickett with the Lions this week? He's meeting with him. We'll talk about that next hour. The Panthers, they look to be in the market for a quarterback. Do they reach for a Baker Mayfield? Do they reach in the draft to get their guy if they fell in love with one trades? You've got lots to talk about. And then I need to talk about wide receivers next hour. Who's the most mm. intriguing option of a deep class? Yeah, you've got five names. Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, and still to this moment, 10 days removed, we don't know who the number one, two, three, four, five guy is going to be. It's an awesome wide receiver draft, but we don't know how they stack up, we'll discuss. I'm pulling my hair out trying to figure out what the Panthers should do at quarterback. I don't know if I love any of the solutions. I have an idea. You do? Yeah. You like it? I have an idea. Okay, good. It's not Baker Mayfield. We'll be back. All right. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair? Or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot. And now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? 
Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Quarterbacks, quarterbacks, we're talking about it right here on GMFB. Happy Monday, everybody. It's April 18th. My name is Kay Adams. Thank you for choosing us as we sit about 10 days until that draft in Vegas. Kyle Brandt, Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara, both here. Peter Schrager with us most of that week. Then you're headed out to Vegas. I'll be out in Vegas holding it down for us, but uh, there's so much unknown right now going into it as far as the draft. I, I think it's fair to say this is the most mysterious draft we've mm. had in NFL Network's history where it is just top to bottom. We don't know what teams are going to be doing in the top 10, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. We want to talk about the Panthers. Who said uh, you did, didn't you, Kyle, that you're mystified? Flummoxed. Flummoxed. It won't crystallize for me. That's the hot word of the day, crystallize. Mind-boggled. All right, the <laughs> Panthers, bewildered. Uh, they're one of 13 teams to start their voluntary offseason workouts today with just mm-hmm. 10 days until that draft. It appears Carolina is in the market for a quarterback. All the top QBs in this draft, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Ritter, they, I mean, Sam Howell, they all have visited the Panthers this month. I think that's a little more than due diligence. Uh, they're drafting sixth overall. They may have their pick, but take a listen to head coach Matt Rule talking about these quarterback prospects at the league meeting just last month. Anytime, especially in the top 10, that you reach for a position, no matter what the position is, you can look back in a couple years and say to yourself, man, that was a bad decision. So I think when you take a guy in the top 10, take a guy in the first round, you have to be really sure that they're going to be a good player. I think one of those quarterbacks will be a top 10 pick, but I'm not going to comment on any of those kids specifically. But I thought they were all, you know, what they've done, they're all impressive. They're older guys. They played a lot of football. I'm rooting for everybody. Rule thinks there will be a quarterback taken in the top 10. So do I. Will it be to Carolina Mm -hmm. at 6? There's some big names that could be available via trade, of course. Jimmy Garopp still there. We've got Baker Mayfield. That whole situation with a $20 million price tag looming overhead. What is the best course of action for the Panthers at quarterback for 2022? And if you're an NFL fan of the other 32, Mm. this one matters because they pick inside the top 10 and could really swing things at that 6 spot. It could. Matt Rule looks tired, and I get it. And he Mm. looks desperate, and he knows what time it is. That's a coach who's won 5 games, and then five games and this team is in this place where like this is why when you swing and miss on a quarterback you're screwed tried the Bridgewater thing that wasn't going to work then they make their aggressive move Sam Darnold didn't work and now they're sitting here what do we do now all the past that I follow here from I I don't love any of them this idea that they're going to just say take Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett at that top 10 pick I guess then he's going to start right away or are they going to play behind Darnold what are the odds either of those works out as a long-term starter for Carolina 50 
50-50 at best? That's just the draft. So if you don't like the draft, then you say, who's single out there? Let's go to Baker. I hate the Baker thing. I think it's ridiculous. The pairing of him and Darnold in the same room. I don't even know if he's better than Darnold. Then you go, let's go Garoppolo. I don't like that either. I don't know if he's necessarily better than Darnold. He's expensive. I just don't love that. So now, no draft, no existing guys. I said it last week and I'll say it again. I'm going to pay very close attention to what's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. I'm just going to pay attention Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be in touch and I'm just going to say, if something's up, can you let us know? Because we might be interested. And now, that also comes with a whole thing where you're going to trade everything for Kyler Murray, if they're willing, and then you're going to have to pay 40 million bucks a year for Kyler Murray. Are you set then? I don't really love that solution either. If I'm forced to make a decision and I can wave a magic wand, I would go the Kyler route and pay attention and just pray that the Arizona Cardinals want to move on, which we don't even know is true. Sean, do you have something? Those are my three paths. I don't love any of them. Maybe I'm missing something. Well, I feel like they've also, they struck out, right? They were in the Deshaun Watson conversation and didn't happen. On that. This whole offseason, they've been watching buses just go by and by, and they're like, all right, we've got to wait for the next one. Miss that one. I think when you look at, at Matt Rule and this, you know, with David Tepper, when he came to Carolina, he handpicked Matt Rule, and it was a six year deal that he signed him up for. And it was like, hey, we're going to build this thing the right way. Well, guess what? Now you're going into year three. Six years feels a lot quicker mm-hmm. than, than when you first signed that contract. And if you're Matt Rule, you're like, look, I got to win right now. To your point, 10 wins in two years, that's not enough. And I don't have my guy. So I think Matt Rule is in a tough place right now. I think a guy like Malik Willis would be a great fit for Matt Rule two years ago yeah, or even a year ago. But if you're Matt and you're saying, all right, hey, look, I know I've got the blessing from Tepper. I've got time. Then maybe I I get a guy like Malik Willis. But you just heard him say you can't reach in the top ten. So if you're Carolina, who doesn't have another pick until the fourth round, if there's a way they could trade back, stay in the first round, get a Kenny Pickett or get Malik Willis, I think that's a win. Get another pick in this year's draft, maybe even another one next year in case you have to move up. But I think for Matt Rule, he's in a tough spot because none of these quarterbacks are coming and save you. They're not going to come in and you're going to win 12 games because Mm -hmm. of this quarterback you draft in the first round. You've got Tom Brady in your division. The Saints are are juggernaut defensively. I think Matt Rule is looking at this like, all right, I've got to win some games now. I can't put everything into the future. Mm -hmm. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that you could bring in to win right now. They've got to win some football games now for Matt Rule to have that Mm. fifth and sixth year on his his deal. Panthers need some sort of W at the quarterbacks. It has been since Rule got there a rotating door and last year like the Darnold trade was viewed very positively like okay they got Darnold for a second round pick like great he goes down then it's Cam Newton and yeah, forgot P- about that PJ Walker PJ Walker for a couple games yeah. And then they fired Joe Brady, who was this wonderkind offensive coordinator, 30 years old. They fired him in the mm-hmm. middle of the second year. And you think, okay, well, that's fine. So the offensive coordinator job's open. And there's not a long line of people lining up to go take the Panthers' offensive coordinator job because there's no quarterback. You just mm-hmm. fired the 30-year-old guy after one year of not having any success. And we don't know Matt Rule's future. Right. So Ben McAdoo is now the uh, offensive coordinator in Carolina. And you're like, all right. I think it's go time. I think it's pressure time. That's why I think it's not an ideal position for Scott Federer or the GM, but like mm. those six might not make sense and none of these quarterbacks are worthy of a top 10 pick. I think you take one. Like I think you take one and you put your stamp on it and say, all right, we take this quarterback, whether it's Pickett or whether it's Corral or whether it's Willis, and we just roll and say, at least it's our guy. Mm. At least we drafted this guy. Take a look at the picks that the Panthers have. It's not like they can be cute here in this draft. They have the sixth pick and then they don't pick again for three more rounds. Wow. So if you're saying like, well, Man, that's a big pick. six is too rich for quarterback, well, they don't have a, a second round pick. They don't have a third round pick. 
they don't pick in the fourth round until the middle of the fourth round. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you like a quarterback enough, and this is never a reason to draft, you never reach on quarterback. You're not supposed to do this. This is everything you're told not to do. But it's a game of survival also at this point. And we've seen mm. offensive coordinators fired. We've seen quarterbacks cut. We've seen quarterbacks traded. We've seen all this stuff like, this owner wants to win. Can he pick it if he's your number one guy and he's the most pro-ready? And I don't even think he would start over Sam Darnold from the, I think he would maybe need a couple weeks. I think you take Kenny Pickett and you just hold your nose and you close your ears and you deal with all the draft day grades of an F and you say, let's go. We've got a quarterback. Sounds rough, man. It doesn't sound pretty, mm -mm. but this is a situation Carolina specifically is in. Now, you can say, well, trade back and then get Pickett. Then you get cute, and it's like, yeah. then we miss that guy. Well, yeah. What if the Saints take Pickett? You yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you take Pickett and you just kind of go like this, and you don't look at the draft grades in the morning and you say, well, we got a quarterback, so at least let's just go. <laughs> Maybe if you're Scott Fitterer and you get to Vegas, uh -huh. and you're like, let's draft one of these guys and let's take him at six, and he's there, and all of a sudden he's seeing billboards for the Beatles' love. The Cirque du Soleil production. He's thinking love, and it's all you need is love. Love is all you need. And maybe Jordan oh, okay. Love okay. should make his way into the conversation because he, there has to be a conversation. It might not be the Panthers, but here's what you're getting if you're the Panthers. You kind of get the best of both worlds. You get a young quarterback who's got talent. He's got arm talent, who has developed behind one of the greatest to ever do it in Aaron Rodgers. He's also got a couple of years under his belt. So you have to put him up against a prospect and any of these guys in picket and say, is he better? Is he better because of that experience? And you look at something like pitting him against a Baker Mayfield or a Kyler Murray. He doesn't have that impending price tag. You don't inherit 20 million. You inherit a guy who might have the most value that he's ever going to have right now. You don't want to wait till he's on the back end of that rookie deal. And yes, does he have value right now? Sure, he's the backup to Aaron Rodgers. Something happens happens to him, but if you're the Packers, you kind of want to unload him if you can. You just have to have the humility to say we're going to trade him away and mm -hmm. we're not going to get back for him what we spent on him. And there was, of course, a lot of drama tied up with that. But Jordan Love is sort of an interesting option here. How about a deal, a potential trade partner for him could be the Carolina Panthers. It could be several other teams that are looking, of course. But I sort of like that. And if you're, pit if you're weighing it on this scale of do I want him over Baker? Yeah, I think he's got more arm talent, even though he didn't show it, you know, when he had the opportunity when Aaron Rodgers wasn't out there, but you can talk about the pedigree, the years under his belt, mm -hmm. all of that. Just the price tag puts him above him. It's really him against draft picks to me, and I don't know why you wouldn't. If none of these guys are sticking to the wall and you throw the spaghetti on it, mm -hmm. why not go with Jordan Love here? Yeah. The word you use and get humility. assets, and then and then if you're the Panthers, what do you get to do? You get to pick a good player at number six. Still, you don't have to take a quarterback. You'll have one. And if you're the Packers, you mm -hmm. get more assets to make a move for a wide receiver for your guy. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what that would cost. Humility in Green Bay. That's an interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're, the, if you're Goody, you have to be that, like, really. yeah, it's kind of like an admission or something that we're going to unload this player even though we took yeah. him here. There would be lots of drama, but maybe it would make Aaron Rodgers happy. I've always been thing? intrigued by a love trade. Like, what is his role? What is he doing? He's a first-round pick quarterback. What's his value? I wish he had played better against the Chiefs. Yeah. We'd have mm. a much different conversation because he doesn't have the mystery that someone like Pickett or Willett does, but that's actually a bad thing because we have, maybe if he did have the mystery, we wouldn't know. It's a tough, tough day against the Chiefs, and I knew that was going to loom large in this. But I do actually am intrigued by it. I'm not hearing it. It's a mystery box. Yeah. The Panthers, it's all on the table. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, if you can give a fourth-round pick for Jordan Love right now, and I think that might be the value. Like, I don't know what the market is. I'd be interested Jordan in what Love. Rule thought of him coming out in the draft. Like, did, what, did they, what was their grade on him? Did they like him going back a few years on the Panthers? Is Matt Rule a Jordan Love guy? I don't know. Is Love above Darnold? I don't know. Right. You know? But yes. at least it's unknown, mm -hmm. you know? Peter, you are a like, draft expert, and you're like, just close your eyes and hope. <laughs> well, they go yeah. hand. I know. They take a the tail of the donkey. I know. 
We've got a ton of wide receiver prospects in this upcoming draft that we are keeping tabs on, keeping you in the know about. Caleb Burton recently caught up with USC's Drake London. We'll have a talk on wide receivers, but first, take a listen. Drake, it's been nearly six to seven months since your injury. You're back out here on the field in front of these NFL scouts, coaches. How did today go for you? I think I did really well um, to have them here at your home turf and showcase that I'm back to where I'm at and even better at that. So I think it went really, really well. Better at that. Now, you looked good out there, obviously, as well. You showed off your footwork, showed off some routes. Mm -hmm. You decided not to do the 40 today, not to go full speed. Where are you in this recovery process, and when do you expect yourself to be 100%? I'm right at the tail end of it, so I'm about 95% right now. You know, a lot of those other guys had six to eight weeks, almost a couple months to train for that 40, train for all the events that happen at the combine. So I was just trying to get back to running at the end of the day and just want to showcase that I'm back to normal. Different mock drafts, people have you as selected as the top receiver in this draft class. Where do you rank yourself? Why should you be the number one receiver? Honestly, at this point, I just want to get picked. I've been removed from football for so long that I just want to play football. I just want to let them know whoever picks me is getting a playmaker. I like the honest answer. You didn't put on a, this is why I should be number one. You just want somebody to take, it needs to be over. 10 days from now, it will be in Vegas, the 2022 NFL draft. Now there's a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Which wideout is intriguing to you guys at this moment as it changes day to day? That guy right there, yeah. Drake London. Yeah, for a bunch of reasons. So unbelievably productive at USC. Great player, was a basketball guy, amazing athlete. Breaks his ankle in October. The rehabbing, as he said, he gets better. So he has this crazy cool workout with all these teams there and Jordan Palmer's there and TJ Hushmanzada's there. And there's a lot to like, and he looks really good. Won't run the 40. And when pushed on it, says, watch the film. Just watch the film. Which I kind of get a, a kick out of. But, I mean, dude, we already did watch your film. That's why we're interested in you. We love your film. The problem is, is that we watched Chris Olave's film. We watched Garrett Wilson's film. And we also watched them both run four threes. So he's really big. He's the totally different guy. And, you know, Peter brought up the Mike Evans comparison because he's six foot five. Mike Evans ran a four, five, three coming out of college and then went the seventh overall pick. It just comes down to this. If I'm buying a sports car, I understand the luxury and the interior and the engine. I really do want to know that zero to 60. I want to know what the get off is. It's, if it's another position, fine. And if it's a different situation, like Lamar years ago wouldn't run a 40, different deal. You are a wide receiver in 2022. I really need to know how fast you are. And if I don't, I I'm really tempted to take some guys who I know for a fact they got a 4-3 on the clock and we can do anything we want with them. Great player. It leaves me a little bit nervous, though, that it, to watch the film answer. Great point. 40 or not, he'll go top 20. This is the year for the wide receivers. They're all going to be pushed up a little bit because there's five of them that like really stand out. The question is, where in that top 20? He's 6'4", he's 220. Okay. The ankle is not a problem, but Kyle, to your point, the comparisons to Mike Evans are not fair to him. Mike Evans was a really, really, really talented route runner coming out of college. Mike mm -hmm. Evans was a physical. Drake London, we'll see. Like the speed, I don't think it necessarily is in the Mike Evans conversation. I've heard comparisons maybe to Ed McCaffrey, which goes back a little bit further, like the way the body type was and the build, but maybe he's better than all of them. Like this is the, the wild card. And the fact he didn't run the 40 does leave a question mark. But gosh, if he went like, Eighth overall to Atlanta, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Mm, that high. He's 6'4", 215, and he was a, the top high school basketball yeah. and football player in the state of California coming out, and he played both at USC. He played basketball at USC. Like, this guy is a legit athlete. I'm with you. It's kind of weird. Like, as a receiver, if I could think of one position that, mm. like, you need to know the 40 time is. I'd like to know. That's that's kind of that's what you do. All you do is run. And it's funny, though. He's the With the basketball background, he's not like the normal wide receiver that you would see coming out that has the track history. He ran, He was a sprinter. He ran the 100 meters. So that's why Jamison Williams to me from Alabama yeah. is very intriguing. Look, this guy ran track. He's a speedster. Like, he's got the, like, where, where'd Hugo kind of speed? Like, 
you, you blink and he's gone. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing with him, obviously, you know, he tore his ACL, so we haven't seen him run. So here's another mm -hmm. receiver that has run a 40. Ironically, today's April 18th, he tore January 18th. So just four months ago. Oh, so wow. it's, you know, look, he's got some time to, to, to miss still get, get healthy. Yeah, yeah he's not going to be ready. But also, just one year at Alabama, he transferred from Ohio State. So you mm -hmm. only had, saw him really for one year. It was a productive year, 15 touchdowns. But when you think about all the great wide receivers that have come out of Alabama, sure. he, he set a record this last year in that one yeah. year. For, for touchdowns, over 70 yards. Look at these explosive That's awesome. plays right here. He's the complete That's the track player. speed right there. That's what you want. You're going to get a sports car. You want to see mm -hmm. the ability assistant? to do that, to mm -hmm. pull away from guys. The big question and is, he was at Ohio State with Alave and with all these guys. and He only caught 15 balls mm -hmm. and transferred. Like, why wasn't he the guy at Ohio mm -hmm. State? Why do you have to transfer to Alabama? Where he was outstanding, but, like, there's strange questions as to what happened at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. How yeah, much is the London thing hurting London, the, the not running the 40? Yeah, I don't know if not running. It definitely didn't help him, but I also think, you know, he has a fractured ankle he's coming off of, so teams will give him a pass. But, like, it's not as complete a picture without the 40. It's absolutely accurate. He hasn't run one at his combine, pro day, nothing. So we don't know what he is speed-wise, and that's been the biggest question with, with Drew. Williams seems to be, like, the complete, well-rounded wide receiver. And then you have Traylon Burks, who should he be getting comparisons to Debo Samuel? Maybe not, but he's super versatile. 4 5 40, big body. We'll see where he goes. Jerry Jones, do not take him. Do not take him. Do it. Have more Good Morning Football next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ten days, baby, ten days until Vegas. Welcome to Good Morning Football. We're live in New York City, Monday, April 18th. What are the Carolina Panthers do at six shrigs? How many quarterbacks go in the top mm. ten? You've got your mock draft 2.0. Where can we find that? NFL.com Tomorrow, NFL.com backslash Schrager. Get on in. Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about it on the show tomorrow. I've been working all weekend on it. Make big changes? 
couple big yeah? changes, uh-huh. yeah. At the top. At yeah. the top? The okay, top. good. That's I like that. I might, I might be in the Trayvon Walker to number to Jackson. Whoa! Wow. Let's go. The countdown to the 2022 NFL draft has begun 10 days away. Future stars of the NFL taking the stage. I can't wait. This might be the best one yet, Peter. You'll be there. I'll be there, but so will uh, over 20 prospects, and none of them know where they're going. It's the most unpredictable draft we've ever had as a network. It's presented by Verizon. Who goes one, two, and three? Do any quarterbacks go in the top 10? It all kicks off Thursday, April 28th. Future stars right here on NFL Network. You can also check out some stuff on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, but I will be watching for Schrager on yeah. at, the, at those desks all weekend long. All right, we take a look at round one. Eight teams with multiple first-round picks. Four of the teams picking in the top five have two picks on night one. Wow! Tons of possibilities here. It's very exciting. There's no surefire number one overall pick, two or three. It's pretty fun. And lots of action here in the next 10 days. Who do you want to see roll the dice out there in Vegas? Which team should take a big swing at the 2022 draft? The Packers. For the love of God, the Green Bay Packers, please. <laughs> I Roll the dice, throw the dice, I'll blow on the dice, whatever you need. You got two picks. And he, we've focused so much on how long it's been since the Packers have drafted a wide receiver in the first round that I think we are not paying enough attention to the other parts of that. Do you know the last time the Green Bay Packers spent a first-round pick on a wideout, a running back, or a tight end? They have not done that since this. With the uh, pick just acquired from Seattle, the uh, Green Bay Packers uh, exercised the 20th pick in this draft to select Javon Walker, wide receiver from Florida State. That clip is so old, it's before the network, it's a different commissioner, and Commissioner Tathabee says they exercised their pick. And we don't even talk like that anymore. <laughs> that's the last time they took Javon Walker. That was the wrong pick. They should have taken Ed Reed four picks later, but that's, that's irrelevant. They have not done that since. No receivers, no tight ends, no running backs. That was a time when, like, I looked, I did the thing where you look up the billboard charts when they were doing that, yeah. and it's like a lot of Ashanti, a lot of sync. They have not drafted a weapon in the first round since Puddle of Mud. That's how long this has gone on. Not, not even occasion in the 30s second pick we took a tight end 19 years ago and now two picks reasonable picks not like you have the five and the seven one do something right way back there in the 20s you are gifted these two picks in a year that is turgid with wide receiver talent for the love of god will you please break this streak it is the longest streak in the history of the modern draft 19 years please take a wide receiver i'm not even going to push it and say take two and get crazy although you should to cover your bets and just hope that one hits but they have this thing where they're so spoiled and i think they like this streak and that they're proud of this streak is that we don't do this as a company you don't win super bowls either it's been a long time wow. you have rogers and you have Favre. help them help them help you you have two picks please spend one of them on a wide receiver i don't think that's crazy to ask are you watching the game show are you watching the where the league is going show are you watching what's going in the off season show, what are we saying show, show them, them the, the vein on the side of your head that's, vein that's gonna going burst crazy. because the packers are saying we don't draft wide receivers and that's not us that's for these other losers. Guys, it's been a long time. So it, you know, I'm saying like Paul Horning is exactly walking through the door right now. This is a different deal. We need to keep up. We need to get some speed, some wideouts, some talent. Help them. I think you got two years left with the greatest quarterback to ever throw a pass. Maybe you toss him a piece of kelp at the end of the first round who can catch a pass like a shrimp at Benihana. My God, why are we talking about night? Since puddle of mud. They can you take it all away? They, they wouldn't have drafted Paul Horning. He was a running back. They Never. Wouldn't have done that first, anyway. we got to wait on him. Do you so, have any actual serious doubts that they'll do that? Yeah. Really? Of course. They can't. I'd be 
shocked. What's the reaction? Shocked. Okay, because when they took Jordan Love, you were, I mean, to a man, you were accurately. Yeah, because you and Nate are going, I like this pick. You this is how I like it. And you, were, and you were right in hindsight. What's going to be the reaction when they take Devontae Wyatt, 22nd, so and they take so Bernard good. Raymond, like a so big offensive tackle out of Austria in the 28th? Even worse, Peter, they'll trade back. They'll trade back, and then someone will jump up and, and get the next uh, Jerry Rice in their draft What's spot. What's the big swing, though? The big swing is I'm just taking away. Weapons! They're going to take like a special teams player. For them, that's a big swing for somebody else. For them, just the chalk wideout sitting there. Whoever is the fifth wideout and you're the fifth one to take it, just take them. Just help them. I think you have two years to win a Super Bowl and then you're in the great unknown. Weapons, weapons, weapons. This is the league now. This is not sitting there and Favre's giving it to Amon Green 30 times. Weapons, weapons. Please go get some. Just please. I, I'm tired of having this conversation, all right? I, I don't think Jack it's unreasonable. Jack and table eight. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, we, you're on a heater. That's all I got. Shriggs, I want that same passion. Okay, I don't know if I can bring that, but I'll bring a... Bring it, Peter. Come on. I'll bring a passion that's different. It's just of a curiosity. Everyone's telling you that this draft is the most wide-open draft ever, and the same guy that can go number three overall could be going number 23 overall. And yet there's one team that has already said, oh, no, we want to get back into that for... The Saints traded a first-rounder from next year to get a teens pick from the Eagles this year, and the whole thing seems weird. The Saints have the 16 and the 19, and they traded a first-rounder next year to get one of those picks. So what's the play here? Are they packaging the 16 and the 19 to get even further? Are they packaging 16 and 19 to move ahead of Carolina to get a quarterback? Are they packaging 16 and 19 to get ahead of the Falcons to get a quarterback? Do they see an offensive tackle that they think is one player away that they believe might be available if they trade up? Like, to trade a future first-rounder for a pick in the teens Mm -hmm. and do it in March, which is what they did, is just odd. Like, it's not a top-five pick. It's not a top-ten pick. They went to Philadelphia and were like, we need that 19. We love the 19. Like, we love the 19. So now they've got 16 and 19, which might as well be in this draft 25 and 33. Mm -hmm. What are the Saints up to? Let's see if they package those two picks and try to trade up and get a quarterback. Okay. So I'm going to go into Seattle right now, and you're talking about the Packers fans, or I read about the receivers. If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan right now, you basically watched your Legion of Boom defense disintegrate. They finally said goodbye to their final member in Bobby Wagner this offseason. They just traded Russell Wilson away, and yeah, okay, we got Drew Locke, and and that's great. We still have DK for now, Mm -hmm. uh, and we have Tyler Lockett, but they've got three picks in the first 41 picks of this year's draft. They got the ninth overall pick in the first round. Um, They have eight picks in this draft. John Schneider, you guys have talked about him here on the table. He's fearless, right? He's not scared to make a move. So I think if you're Seattle, all right, you're rebuilding this thing. Maybe it's Drew Locke, maybe it's Malik Willis, uh, you know, but I also think defensively, you're, you're a shell of yourself. You've got a great stud in the back end. You need somebody up front. Shregs is talking about the possibility of three passers going one, two, three here. Mm-hmm. Seattle, get in the business here, right? All get, the way up there? Look at the division. The 49ers are, are running all over people. Mm-hmm. Arizona was 11 and 0 at one point. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at the Super Bowl champs, the Rams, like you've got to have some guys That's that can true. get after these quarterbacks and start slowing down these offenses right now. So for the Seahawks, take that big cut. They Odell trade back, Smith. They trade back historically every year. I think this year might be different. They have nine, and they have a pick early in the second round. Like, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think they need to be aggressive, too. Peter, your first mock draft, you had Aiden Hutchinson going number one. Yeah. You going to change this thing or what? At the top? I think it's going to be a bit of a shakeup at the top. You love that You love that Trayvon. Usually by now, there's enough consensus around the league that the number one team is taking this player. There is nothing of this sort, which makes me think 
It's not Aiden. It might be Trayvon. So it's all in pencil yeah, right bulky. now. Bulky. Pencil. Mm -hmm. uh, are you going to change it a bunch today before you release it? Yeah. Yeah? Well, no. We're doing a lot of text, but we'll see what we're going to do with it. But tomorrow, mock draft. Okay, Coachella Talk. Good morning, folks. Hey, that's right. right. We love Coachella Good luck to all you in the Boston Marathon. All of you coming home from Neon Carnival. We see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.